Hey all you delightful little ragamuffins, I'm John Miller, and this is Everybody Trades. Oh boy, we are having quite a couple days here, and man, I gotta tell you, I haven't seen anything like this for a long, long time. You know, it's been 15 years since I've been in this business we call stock trading, day trading, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's funny, I'm thinking back to when I was a 22-year-old and first started doing this thing, I was probably a month into it and I just remember coming back from the gym taking off my shoes from playing basketball and seeing one of my stocks was down about $200 and I threw one of my shoes across the room hitting my front door of my rented apartment <laughs> oh if that kid could only see me now how naive I was about stocks and everything else because well let's just say I'm down quite a bit more than $200 here these past couple days. And yes, last week I was saying that, well, I, I honestly thought we were closer to seeing the end of the panic and the bottom than we were not. And obviously that, that particular opinion isn't looking so hot in the last week, is it? Because, well, the market speaks for itself. It is what it is. There is, no, there is no lies. There is no debate about where the price of a stock is on any given time. Let's put it that way. But I have to say overall, Despite these really tough couple days here, I'm just not that panicked, and and maybe this does come with with time, with experience, because I, I'm now I've just become I've become a seasoned pain taker, and you know perhaps you are not, and in fact, more than likely you aren't. You don't have the experience with this kind of thing that I do, and I think that this speaks to the type of mentality it takes to be an individual stock investor, as I am, somebody who actually picks stocks individually. Versus an index fund investor, as I'm sure many of you listening to this show are. For all intents and purposes, if you put all your money into a 401k, an IRA, an individual retirement account, you have somebody who manages your money for, for you in a trust or, or any, any type of thing like that where you're not day-to-day making moves and making trades, well, I would really I really would encourage all of you to just ride it out and to just not take extreme action one way or the other and just to play the Warren Buffett game essentially I mean if you listen to Warren Buffett right now I'm sure he's telling you to pick up some great American companies that have taken a a big tumble here but really fundamentally nothing really is broken here sure there may be some short-term supply disruptions short-term cancellations that sort of thing but over the long term if you've got a company that isn't in debt in particular. See, that's important too. The balance sheets of most major companies in 2020 compared to 2008, for instance, it's really quite a difference in the positive sense. You know, take an Apple, for instance, an Apple computer. They're just sitting on a mountain of cash. And, you know, you just got to realize while you've taken a hit here, most of the companies that you own are not going to go to zero. In fact, almost none of them will. Just think about it. Use your own you don't have to be an accountant to figure this stuff out, but you know if a company is hugely in debt, something like that. I can't even think of a great example off the top of my head, you know. But the bottom line is, I'm just trying to say this overall economy we're in a much better shape than we were in 2008. There's a lot banks are less leveraged, just in terms of overall real estate, that sort of thing. Yada yada yada. Really, I, actually, I should back up a little bit and not talk overall about the real estate market. I'm really just trying to focus on 
large companies in the Dow, the S&P, that sort of thing. Now, I'm sort of simultaneously in the trading game, and also right now I'm in the sports broadcasting game to some extent. And, you know, I, I went to school, University of Missouri, journalism school, to be a sports writer, all that type of deal. And one thing I'm noticing is a lot of the sports writers that I follow, there's just lots of commentary about COVID-19, about the coronavirus that isn't based on a whole lot. That's really just based on panic, to be honest with you. And you know what? If you looked at me and said, well, John, this is now your third episode in the last three weeks that's tangentially at least related to the coronavirus. So what, what the heck do you know? What's well, a fair point? What, what do I know about the coronavirus? And just viruses in general, medicine. Well, the answer is, is not much, at least compared to doctors and nurses and what have you. But before I get to what, I've, what I'm hearing from nurses like my wife and doctors and other nurses, her colleagues, the bottom line is, is when you're in the investing game, if you're not actually trusting others to invest your money, if you're going to be in this game as I am, well, the bottom line is, is you're going to have to make judgments about large things like the coronavirus about politics, about foreign policy, about all sorts of things that you aren't going to be an expert about. And so what I have, while I may not have an expertise in medicine, while I certainly don't have an expertise in medicine, what I have learned over the years, what I've become, I believe, at least much more, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I've become much more clued into people's psychology, and especially the psychology of panics. You know, we've seen so many of these things over the years now. It wasn't that long ago. I remember when I first got married, first got married. The only time I've gotten married, folks, five, six years ago, it was all about the Zika virus. And they were telling women, like my wife, for instance, who might be getting pregnant sometime soon to basically not travel. Well, you know what? We said to heck with it and ended up going on our honeymoon anyway. And fortunately, our daughter was born a few years later. No worse from the wear from the Zika virus. And the point is, is I'm not trying to minimize Corona, SARS, Zika, any of that stuff in terms of their actual real-world impact on real, living, breathing human beings. But at the same time, it's fascinating to me how there are just certain viruses that we've sort of come to, come to expect, have come to live with, you know. I realize the common cold may not be a great example. I'm not saying that it's as bad as that it's as bad as the coronavirus. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is yes, we're in we're in the middle of the unknown right now. And in the middle of the unknown, most people will go to the negative. That's what and, they, and a lot of times the worst case scenario. And unfortunately, we have a lot of mainstream media that is playing into that mentality right now. Part of that is because it gets them a lot of clicks, gets them views, downloads, that sort of thing. But not to sound like a conspiracy theorist or a a total Donald Trump honk or whatever because I didn't even vote for the guy. But it's not a conspiracy theory to note that the media does hate Donald Trump. The large media D.C. establishment would love to take him out, right? Whether it's with, you know, impeachment whether it's the Russia thing, whatever it might be, 
If it's to if they can take the coronavirus and make him look bad, as Rahm Emanuel says, never let a crisis go to waste. Well, I think that's something that a lot of people in the power establishment of Washington, the media establishment, I think that's something they're going to grab onto. I really do. And again, that's not. I'm not saying that to make anybody feel sorry for the president. That's not really the point. Again, my point is, is at some point this is going to be over. I can't tell you when it's going to be over. I absolutely can't. But at some point we're going to wake up and we're going to go, oh, yeah, remember that coronavirus thing? Kind of like now we go, oh, yeah, SARS, remember that? Remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah, Zika. Yeah, remember that was a big deal? Oh, Ebola. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. We all thought we were going to die for Ebola there for, for a few months. And I, I'm sorry, just history tells me, again, without being any kind of expert, just being an observer of human activity and history, at some point this is going to blow over and we're all going to forget about it and go back to business as usual. And you know what? Worst case scenario, I'm wrong and what, we all die? Okay, great. So, so what? <laughs> In all seriousness, not saying I want to die or anything. My point is, is what's wringing my hands going to do about it? What's selling my stocks prematurely going to do about it? I'm hanging in there. If you want to panic, go right ahead, but I can only tell you what I'm doing. Unfortunately, I find most people don't actually want to hear my advice. They just want to they just want me to tell them what they want to hear, at least when it comes to the stock market. So my wife just actually had a couple posts on social media in the last 24 hours. The first one, she says, now that my wife is a registered nurse just for a little context here. She says, "The funny story is is that I work in an operating room in a hospital. And it seems to be one of the places where people aren't freaking out about the virus. Just thought I would give some people peace of mind that multiple nurses, doctors, and healthcare providers aren't stressed. So please, do- dance competition, don't cancel. <laughs> yes, my, ma- my mom. My wife also works as a dance teacher. And you can find all about that at comodance.com. But more importantly, then she follows up this morning after, you know, she talked to me last night after posting that. She listened to President Trump's speech last night, his whole spiel, which I did not, honestly. But she came into the room and was saying, ooh, that kind of made me feel a little nervous. Well, once again, politicians, the media, you just got, I don't know, at this point, I'm about, I'm about this close to just turning off all media other than the Everybody Trades podcast, of course, for about the next month or so. Really, I, there's, there's just nothing good coming from it. But you know what? My wife, she got up this morning, had another post, and said, I've never been so happy I picked the operating room all these years ago. Good luck to my fellow emergency room and intensive care unit staff today. Also to the community, stop being disappointed when you have just influenzas or nothing. Also remember, someone is having a heart attack or a stroke, which is all very time-sensitive. Love my Boone family and have nothing to faith that we got this. So again, the main point here, a healthcare professional, my lovely wife, and all her colleagues seem to be a lot less panicked than people who are in my profession, who are sports broadcasters, writers, pontificators. Somebody explain that one to me. I, again, I, it's, the only explanation is the politicians, the media establishment, they want us to panic. And you have to, you know, there are stories from Dr. Fauci or however you pronounce his name where 
he'll say they'll take some thing where the headline will be, oh, it's ten times deadlier or more lethal, I believe is the word, than the common flu. But then in the the nut graph is all the way down at the bottom, and it says, well, actually, it turns out uh, it's a lot less you know lethal than we thought or something. Where it's almost the exact opposite of what they said in the headline. That's the actual conclusion. So my point is, if that sounded confusing, that is my point. There's a lot of confusion out there. I just want to encourage everybody to just take a breath. And you know what? If a guy like me who's lost 20% of his net worth in the last week or so, if I'm calm, well, by God, you should be calm too. You know, excuse me for throwing up a little bit of words of optimism in this time of utter panic. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll be completely honest with you all. I was going to go to a, on a trip to Chicago tomorrow. I was for three day, for two nights. Was gonna Friday to Sunday. Was just gonna go up to a little film festival by myself. It was just kind of a splurge that I booked about a month ago. Well, you know what? Since I was able to get all my money back for my flight and for my hotel, I canceled it. Now, was that out of pure panic? No, it was not. It really wasn't. Because again, as you heard earlier, my wife, she's going to be going to a competition this weekend. So, well, I can save money on the sitter, save some time for my wife. And plus, you know what? My parents, my wife's dad, they're all getting a little bit older. I don't think I'm going to be, if I even happen to get the coronavirus, trust me, I'm confident that I'll survive it, people. Don't worry about me. But what I don't want to do is pass it on to the older generation and or people who may have some sort of lung issue, whatever it might be, and get them in trouble. This is basically what, again, Melissa's colleagues, the doctors, that's basically what they advised me of. They said, if you're, it's okay if you go to Chicago. They told me to go ahead and go. But they did say, there's a decent chance you'll get the coronavirus. But, so you'll just have to stay away from you know your parents for a couple weeks, that kind of deal, but you'll, you'll probably be fine. That was what they said. And I just thought, eh, you know what? Is this really worth it? So I just decided to cancel the thing since I could get my money back. But you know what? If it was a deal, like say it was a college reunion or something with some buddies that I hadn't seen for a while, something I would really, really was looking forward to, I would have just chanced it. I really would have. And I said, oh, the heck with it. And you know what? Part of the reason I canceled too is because, well, Chicago is canceling and closing down all kinds of stuff too. Well, I don't want to be in a ghost town for the weekend. So, again, I don't want to seem like a hypocrite. And at the same time, I do want to be honest with you people, explain to you where my head is, so I know that there are going to be various other people who are having this thought process as well. There is going to be a hit here in the economy. I mean, my God, we've already seen a big hit in the stock market. It's a forward-looking vehicle, right? So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is I've made this point before, at some point we're going to go too far on the sell-off. And at a certain point, all this is going to be over, and I think the market's going to snap back really hard. When that's going to happen, I have absolutely no idea. All I know is, is you're not going to get that snap back if you just panic out and sell everything. So whatever you do, don't clear out your 401k and your IRA now. The moment to do that was two, three weeks ago. Not now. Not now after, not in the middle of the panic. Nobody ever made a dime panicking. It's an old saw on Wall Street. And you know what? It's a cliche for a reason. It's a cliche because it's true. And you know what? With all that said, I'm going to get on out of here. And 
hopefully not jump out of my Wall Street, my top, the top story window in Wall Street. I'm not going to defenestrate myself today. Hey, how about that for an SAT word? To close it out, right here on Everybody Trades. Everybody Trades.